got a big whiskey. Everyone will want it. <laughs> oh dear. Welcome to the Whiskey Topic. My name is Mark Bylock. And I'm Jamie Johnson. And today's topic is going to be the health benefits of whiskey. Um, and we <laughs> I hope it's really healthy. Oh, I, I hope so too. Now, we should mention we, we need to have this little uh, legal notice. I'm sure Glenn, my not lawyer friend, would, would tell me. Um, we, we are not health experts. We are not doctors. We do not have PhDs. We um, know nothing about the medical practice. We like When we get sick, we do the same thing you all do is we look at Wikipedia and WebMD and see what the hell's wrong with us. And then determine we're dying. Right. I'll immediately determine we're dying and then go to the doctor. And the doctor's like, uh, just don't move that that way. It won't hurt anymore. So, so we're not doctors, but there are a lot of articles. There have been so many articles of health. I mean, this happened long ago with wine. Oh, wine's great for you. Da, da, da. And now we're getting all these articles how whiskey's really healthy for you. So we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about how we feel about this and how um, other people feel about this. Because I think it's kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, I'm on board. Like, sign me up for, you know, any sort of health benefits. Like, I'm the kind of person, if they're like, a chocolate donut, super healthy, I'd be like, great, let's go. Chocolate donut diet. So, yeah, if you tell me something's healthy, and at some point or another, I think everything has been called healthy. Like, probably the most unhealthy thing you could eat. At some point, someone has said, well, this could have, you know, anti-aging benefits. Mm-hmm. And then, I, yeah, uh, I think that's how smoking started. Didn't they say smoking was great for you? Because, you know, it calms your nerves. It's okay. It calms your nerves. It's nothing bad about tar. No. My, my point proven exactly. I think, you know, but like I said, like, you know, I'm, I'm more than willing to entertain the idea that whiskey is healthy. So we're, we're going to go through a couple. We're going to look at a couple of the lists and see, see, uh, see how they stack. But first, um, mm-hmm. since it's all about health, uh, Jamie, what is your healthy choice today? What is your healthy drink of choice today? My, my, healthy, my post-exercise um, health drink is – I'm just kidding. I had an exercise today. <laughs> 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 hey, that means you thought about exercising today. That, that's the st- <laughs> I considered it. I moved from the couch to the kitchen. So that was pretty entertaining. Um, okay, so I'm doing a Taylor small batch. Nice. Of, a nice go-to. That is a fantastic Seven. drink. Um, it's great. You know, I, I learned something new the other day about Taylor Rye. I didn't had no idea. Taylor um, apparently uses a different mash bill from the Sazeracs and all that. It's uh, listed as a non-bourbon mash bill. So it's just got rye and malted barley. Interesting. I did not know that. That's the rye. So you're not you're not drinking the rye, but the Taylor. No, I'm not rye. drinking the rye. I do have the rye. I really enjoy it. It's a fantastic drink. Um, but today I'm going for the old Taylor small batch. Awesome, awesome. And I am drinking Amrut Portanova single malt whiskey from India. I like that pour. Yeah, it's it's a it's a hot climate whiskey. We should talk a little bit more about hot climate whiskeys at some point. But the, um, you know, all these uh, whiskeys from Taiwan, South Africa. Um, Australia, New Zealand, even a lot of these hot climate whiskeys are coming through because they're pretty young. This is probably no long, no older than a couple of years. Um, it's that hot climate really ages the whiskey quite quickly. Get a lot of oaky flavors to it. I had the Amrut uh, when I was in Montreal uh, on the weekend. I had the the Amrut uh, single uh, single malt Scotch, kind of just the regular single barrel one, and I actually really liked the maltiness. It was a younger one, so it had a very malty. It tastes like a single malt Scotch, more similar in that style. Uh, this Amrut Port Nova is. Re- 
ridiculously sweet um, in all the good ways, but it's just very forward and forward on sweetness. It now, Love it. You, you just said that you were in Montreal this weekend, and I saw some of your Instagram pictures at Mark Bylock, and I'm curious to hear about how that went. It looked pretty intense. Yeah, it was. I don't know if our – I feel like our, our American audience probably wouldn't know too – actually, I don't think too many people know too much about this, but there's um, – in, in Quebec, they do um, uh, maple syrup harvest. There's a fancy name for that. It wouldn't be a harvest. But they prepare maple syrup. So they sap the trees, and then they um, boil the maple syrup to, to make it into a syrup. Um, I'm totally screwing this up. Somebody else out there knows how this is done, but you get the idea. I don't know how it's done. So you could have said whatever you wanted to, and I would have totally believed you. I I think that's what they do. They take sap from the trees, and then they boil it, and they make a syrup. And so because the um, the industry uh, some years ago uh, wanted to raise money and and have uh, more equipment to do all this, and because it's only a seasonal thing, what they would do is they would make these cabins, and they would invite people to go up there, and they would charge, you know, very little for dinner. You'd pay, like, you know, $30, $40 for dinner, maybe $50, and you'd get drinks, and you'd eat, and all that money would go to, all the extra money would go to them getting more, more, uh, more equipment to make more maple syrup. So it's really the uh, kind of a Kickstarter from many from years ago, and this happens in Quebec, in the province of Quebec of Canada. Uh, and so usually it's about forty-five minutes outside of Montreal. That's where it's it's got a big enough population, so a lot of people go. So uh, a bunch of friends and I we went there for this event, and the whole idea this is the opposite of what I wanted in a meal. Um, I think I realized I'm a whiskey drinker because I don't my I just don't have a sweet tooth. I used to have a sweet tooth. I, I don't have one anymore. Every meal had a maple syrup in it somehow. It's some it was infused in some way. So everything. Uh, and so you could imagine, it was all very sweet. Um, I think uh, the, the, the one that threw me over was there was this, this basically um, foie gras rum cake. It had some cheese, some blueberry jam, um, some cream on it. Um, and it was foie gras. So it was like literally yeah. the richest of richest of richest of things. There's some blueberries on it. Um, it was... I think many of us had that, and we were just, at that point, we were just, that's it. Um, and, and it's a big meal. It's a huge meal. We Everybody took lots of food home. Uh, but it was overly rich and overly sweet. And so, of course, middle of the meal, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting done. But they had a good uh, scotch list uh, there. So I went up to the bar. I ordered a bunch of scotch for the table. And I think that kind of really set the reset the palate a little bit, right? Because you've got all this sweetness hanging around on your tongue. Um, so having some scotch, you know, it does, does reset the sweet, sweeten the palate a little bit, allowed us to eat a little bit more. That sounds super intense. Like I'm also not a, a person with a sweet tooth. Like I prefer sort of a savory flavors. So that meal, I wouldn't have got, I wouldn't have got more than a couple bites in like that cake that you posted with the foie gras. Oh my gosh. I, you're probably like sweating sugar by the oh. end of it. Oh, you and you would it just it would just lay it just laid on your tongue and you just wouldn't leave that that the flavor. Wow. Um, yeah, it, I don't know. It, I I think um, the w- weirdest part is so I think our, our table was we were about there's about fifteen of us. We're all really adventurous eaters. We're all like you know quote unquote foodies. We all do a lot. I was of gonna the, say, are you gonna say foodies? <laughs> I was supposed to say foodsters. <laughs> Apparently, foodsters is the term foodies oh, are supposed the- to use now. I don't know, but we all like to eat. We we all eat often. We 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 um, travel for food. We do a lot of that kind of those kind of activities. So we're we eat a lot of different types of foods. Um, but I think you know 
it just but there were people around us that were having everybody had a good time because you're with a large group and you're drinking so it's always going to be fun mm-hmm. um but the groups around us i we may have been the exception but there was a lot of groups around us were just montrealers and they probably do this every year and man they were eating and eating and eating um when we had one person at the table that is from montreal a friend of ours that lives in montreal he had uh you know th- threes of everything he just kept loading on his plate at the end of the night they had these like um maple syrup shots that they would like charge extra for but they would like uh you know kind of like the beer uh like the beer thing where you like have a like a a uh, straw and you would like they would pour maple syrup into the straw and you would like take a shot of maple syrup they were doing that at the end of the night and like all the other tables were doing all these like you know having more maple syrup and more Mm. maple syrup and we're just sitting there we're like um take us home (laughs) roll us back roll us home like this is that sounds super intense that sounds super intense yeah, it, it it wasn't fun. I, I, it was fun for the company and for a lot right. of other reasons. But um, I um, I came home and and then I had a plan. I knew it was going to be very rich food, so I was just going to take a one bite of everything. That was my whole plan, just one bite of everything. And I and I followed through with that plan. And still, I after half the meal, I was dying. And then I just kind of yeah. continued eating one tiny bite of everything, and it still oh. was too much. It was just too much oh. sugar. Well, I mean. Yeah, that sounds super sugary. And I guess, I guess, like you know, we can. <laughs> you were drinking whiskey with mm. it, so obviously, did the whiskey help? Because I have heard, and like you know, everybody likes an after dinner drink, a digestif. Did it help at all? I think so. I I had whiskey. You know, I mentioned I ordered whiskey for the table. That helped a little bit during the meal. After I got home, uh, Buddy and my everybody else was dead. There's like two of us that were still willing to go on. Everybody else was just. We're going I'm to not sleep. surprised that you were ready to keep going. I I, I was. I was like, <laughs> well, I'm still good. Um, so we went uh, we went out and checked out the Montreal bar scene, and literally just everywhere I went was just just you know shooter glasses of, of whiskey and just sipping whiskey. And we had some Knob Creek, um, and we had some uh, Redbreast Twelve. There you go. Rob Creek, Creek, single barrel and Redbreast 12. And I think there were doubles and I think they helped. I came home. I was still like sober. I think I had so much fat and sugar at this point. I'm like, oh, yeah, you couldn't have gotten drunk if you tried after a meal like that. Yeah. The the nearby club we went to on the Friday night, we 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 tried to get into it that night. The guy's like, no, won't let you in. I'm like, because what? He's like, he says after two o'clock, he doesn't let anybody in. So we're like, okay, fine whatever we went elsewhere and on the way back we come back and there's like six police cars surrounding the club oh, <laughs> oh man yeah wow I think, yeah we, we didn't we didn't um our place wasn't in the nicest part of town is more kind of like that uh, very much up and coming part of town that still has mixed pockets of like good restaurants and cd bars right which is my kind of place to stay i yep, like that i totally. love that a lot yeah. Uh, I love the contrast, but the um, so this one bar was a very seedy bar. We we went to the night before, and the guy also was like, "Oh, normally I don't let people in, but come on in." And that night he was like, "No, sorry, you can't come in." Um, and we're like, "Okay, that's fine." I mean, th- we just kind of went on, and then yeah, they something happened there. So wow. I could have almost died. I was like, "Wow, I don't know." I um, you're it's, super it's, lucky. I looked it up on Google, but of course Montreal, everything's written in French, so I couldn't read it anyway. If something happened, wow, wow, yeah. that sounds like a really fun weekend that you had it was it was really nice and then next weekend is austin i know that looks like it's gonna be so much fun bring back something good <laughs> bring oh, back some good whiskeys wait how long are you pressure. going for uh for four days okay so you can bring back you know a bottle 
I guess you could try two. Yeah, I'll be flying, so I think I can get away with two or three. I'm um yeah. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll see. I'll, I'll see. I'm gonna be under, under pressure again. I'm like, what am I gonna buy this time? Um, I think I'm gonna bring back some bullet though. I think that's gonna be the thing. And then if I can find any sort of tailor, because I'm actually fall, uh, running out of tailor uh, small batch, the same one you're drinking. Yeah, are we not getting it back here? We are, but not right not now. Not for a while. Not for yeah. a while. Man. Yeah. So I lost a year off my life eating that. So now let's talk about whiskey and see if we are going to live longer because of whiskey. Yeah, for sure we are. So let's look at this. Yeah. So there's a couple of studies. We'll have, we'll have some of these studies in the show notes, and you can get those at markbylock.com slash the whiskey topic. Um, you can get an idea of some of these studies if you haven't heard of them. But my, my favorite study, and this has been done a couple of times, is um, they, they researched, they did like a long-term health study for people, and they had three categories. They had non-drinkers, alcoholics, and casual drinkers. And they found that um, uh, people that drank moderately um, lived something like five more years than uh, non-drinkers. And the kicker was they found that alcoholics lived a couple of years longer than non-drinkers as well. And they've done a couple other studies that say something very similar, that they were like, you know, if you drink, you do your life prolongs, whether it's wine, um, whether it's whiskey, um, it doesn't really matter. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people say, well, that's the psychology, that's the, you know, maybe it's the people that drink don't, aren't, ex- don't experience as much pressure, aren't, maybe, maybe they're more relaxed, maybe they're self-medicating themselves after a stressful day. Right, right. Um, I don't know if any of that's true. I, I find it very, like, I, I don't, I don't know if I trust these surveys enough. I feel like, you know, a lot of the wine surveys that say, oh, the wine's really good for you, has a lot of antioxidants. That is absolutely true, but so does, like, grapes and blueberries. You don't have to get those antioxidants in the form of wine. Correct. Yes, exactly. Mm. I don't know. I, I feel like, what do you feel like? Jamie, I feel like this is kind of, like, stretching the, you know, it's like making an excuse, right? Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think there's, you know, the things that we, that we're getting from wine or, you know, whatever antioxidants or whatever secret good thing is like the new good thing that you're supposed to be looking for. They're all in other things. So you don't have to drink wine to get them. Agreed. Um, Yeah, I really have a hard time with some of these um, because you can find just as many surveys that prove the opposite is true like I, there's always a new you know uh, report coming out about you know remember how last year we said wine had this antioxidant well they found that actually that antioxidant doesn't exist because this and this and that and that or like whatever um or it comes out that you know i don't know i just i i I always take everything with a grain of salt, I guess. So Mm -hmm. I just, I kind of like the idea that a moderate drinker lives longer than somebody who doesn't drink at all. But there's so much context that's missing from that. Where are these people from? What, like, what are they, what class are they from? Where, you know, like, are they upper class? Like, what... There's right. so many oh. different things that could be making um, or skewing the results. It's just kind of like, well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is, you know, this is going to be a whole product line. I mean, we, um, I think uh, there's this new whiskey type called uh, Sinfully Thin. 
Yeah, it's I love it. T H I N N, not to be confused with T H I N. Right, double now, have N. You, have you read the Oliver Clemec uh, article? No. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have. I, I've, I've got it up uh, right here on dramming. Uh, dot com, and we'll link to that too. Uh, it's so funny though because now that I, I've just uh, like I read it a little couple hours ago, uh, and then I check the website, and it says. Uh, there's like a place note that says we received tremendous response following WSWA and we're making some updates, which is really interesting. I don't know. Is this controversial even? Well, I mean, it's clearly controversial. So this whiskey is being marketed as a light whiskey, but the actual deal is, is you can't make a whiskey diet product because it's simply alcohol and water so there isn't really much chance for you know it to be calorically like reduced so they're actually not being completely honest shocker what? <laughs> they're marketing something without like being 100 percent. so they're they're kind of sneakily trying to say that this is a diet product or, or making it seem like it, it's light in that way, but it's actually a light whiskey, which um, is, it's just spent less time in the barrel. So like, it's actually just, the flavor is lighter. Yeah, it has to be um, <laughs> stored in a used barrel or in an uncharred new oak barrel. Right. So it's, it's just light on flavor. It's, light on flavor and because it can't be less alcohol it can't be less than you know 80 proof 40 percent because like it can't it won't be whiskey and so it's actually um kind of irritating actually it is and i you know oliver makes the point that most of the calories found in whiskey does come from the alcohol so Yep. You know, it's one of those things like at 40%, you can't, I mean, there's only so low you can go there. There's going to be right. 40% alcohol. Um, and, and of course, uh, I think other people have pointed out that this actually has more calories than your average uh, Jack Daniels. Um, so, but again, I, I think the uh, the key, key here is thin has two ends. So, you know, there's that. It's so interesting. It's so many, I have so many thoughts about this because to me it feels like it's being specifically marketed towards women, mm-hmm. which is annoying that that's how they're choosing to do it anyways. So without even going too much further into that, that's already irritating. Um, and second of all, it's, I, I thought we were getting over this whole diet locale thing that was happening i thought we were getting back to the you can use butter actually butter is better than margarine because Mm -hmm. it's more sort of natural it's sort of a you know a a whole product instead of being just a bunch of chemicals thrown together and so i thought i i was feeling great because i could eat butter again and I could eat bacon because, you know, real bacon is better apparently free than turkey bacon is because, I don't know, I didn't really read more than that, so. (laughs) The headline was good. That's the important part. That's good enough for me (laughs) to get me some bacon. Um, 
that's a problem with reading things on the internet is like you get a little snippet of some of it and then you go on a podcast and you talk about it like you know what you're talking about but because you didn't read the article you start to second guess that it's actually the right thing so anyways I read somewhere um you know that just eat regular bacon again moderation everything in moderation and we were getting away from this sort of you know everything has to be light zero percent fat reduced calorie and uh, so it's irritating Uh, so let's look at this list of the health benefits of whiskey so the first one uh listed and there's a bunch of articles about this but the first one is listed as whiskey is fat free and low carb that is true that's true this is true and so, you know, that's a good point. I, I think one of the reasons why I drink whiskey over beer, because I really enjoy beer. I like beer a lot. Um, but too. I don't drink a lot of beer because I don't like drinking beer and having heavy foods. I just feel right. like it's a bad combination. That's fair. It, it, it can take up valuable real estate. Right. Because when you're eating, it's all about stomach real estate. Yes. Yes. It's very important. So uh, I hear you. I can have like a beer. Uh, but often it, it, I can't have too, too many of them. They just take up too much room. Yeah. And kind of on this, on the same track, um, some people that are, um, what's that one? You can't have wheat. Celiac. Celiac. Yeah. yeah. So people that have, people that have uh, celiac disease, um, may or may not be able to drink whiskey. And it's, it's interesting cause I, I've talked to a few people about this cause, uh, whiskey should not have any, any like wheat or anything or any gluten in it. Um, but it does. It, I mean, I think they've done studies and they found that there's like tiny trace, trace amounts of gluten in whiskey. And, um, and so there's, there are people that can drink whiskey when they're gluten intolerant. And then there are people that are just gluten intolerance is so sensitive that even having whiskey causes a major problem for them. I, I mean, it's an interesting, it's an interesting sidebar discussion as to whether or not whiskey is gluten intolerant. Are gluten free, and the answer is no. It's not, even though it's a distilled product. There's still possibly trace amounts of gluten in there. Yeah. So I mean, generally, I've I've had friends who are gluten intolerant, and they've been okay. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think it's. I think there's, you know, obviously there's a spectrum. Some people can, you know, take trace amounts, and it doesn't really affect them. And some people just is, they can't. They can't even. Well, they're so celiacs, they can't, if you use, like, a specific knife to cut a bread or something like that, like, you can't, you just can't, there's no mixing. There's no. No, no. So, I was on a yeah. TV show where the uh, the host was severely uh, gluten intolerant, and she was going to be tasting whiskey with me, and she's like, so whiskey, does it have gluten in it? I'm like, yeah, really small traces amount, and she's like, I am severely gluten intolerant. I'm like, Okay. So, but she did the whole pretend I'm drinking whiskey thing, and it, and it worked fine. You know, her, her palate was great. She can pretty much tell the whiskey by the by the nose anyway. So, um, she did impressive. great in that. Did really really well with it, um, but did not have to could not have a sip of it at all. So the other one is so um, so, but uh, you know, calorie wise, sure it has calories. Um, you know, hundred calories give or take, uh, usually more, but not much more. But it's mostly alcohol. My opinion is again, not a medical professional, not a doctor. Alcohol doesn't turn into fat. Correct. So there's no way like fat turns into fat and sugars help that process along. But alcohol, it's, it's pretty much burns off. You, you pretty much burn it off as you drink it. That's that's my feeling. I could be completely wrong about that. <clears throat> no, I think you're right. I think mm. you're right. Let's just I'm just going to go with you're right on that one. And I feel very comfortable with that. Yeah, I think I think what we're saying is we really want this to be true, but we just don't know if it is. 
Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, um, the, it, it, alcohol, yeah, I mean, people on diets love their vodka sodas. So technically mm-hmm. vodka is the same as whiskey, except, yeah, you know, more yeah. m- like distilled, you know, an extra seven, eight, 12 times, whatever. Um, but in terms of like alcohol is alcohol is alcohol. So this one just tastes better. Yeah, you're you're absolutely that's a great point. This is this is the whole uh, marketing spin on these articles. Yes, it's true for whiskey. It's also true for many other spirits. Uh, whiskey can lower the risk of having a stroke. Um, so there were um, oh, a certain type of stroke. So there, this is a, a linkage between whiskey and other alcohols, where um, drinking moderately about a drink a day can protect you against certain types of strokes. Good to know. Good to know. Um, whiskey can prevent cancer. Really. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- you know the problem with all these can't prevent cancer sort of things. They they do like yeah, it'll prevent this type of cancer, but probably increases your odds of another type of cancer. You're you're basically pilling, uh, pick, you're basically picking your your risk, to, you know, yeah. what, what you're risking on. So, yeah, it might help certain cancers, might hurt other cancers. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I uh, these when it gets this intense about you know. Yeah, I, I start, this is where I actually start to get a little suspicious. Yeah, yeah, um, this is going to get more and more suspicious as we go. Mm. Um, an adult's risk of dementia can be lowered by having one to six drinks a week. And there's another study from 2003 that shows that um, dementia and, and all that. And, I've, and I've, there's a few studies that show um, drinking whiskey helps prevent dementia or reduces the odds of dementia. But by how much? But by uh, how I, I like, I, I don't know, I guess here's how I feel about that. I mean, I wouldn't bet money on it, but if somebody tells me that they've noticed this, I wouldn't go drinking. I mean, one to six drinks a week. I probably, I'm probably at that (laughs) pretty (laughs) easily. You say modestly as you look at the last couple of days yeah oh my gosh let's not even talk about that but definitely um i mean if i was a non-drinker i probably wouldn't start drinking based on this article or these things i guess so uh, so this, yeah so the, the odds are oh man this is all like doctor talk they were like 0.65 co- or 95 percent coefficient i don't know you know what oh it's really I yeah. mean, if, yeah, it's. Mm. There's numbers. They mean things. Scientists tell us that it's better. Um, but it does. Um, your odds do get uh, as more and more alcohol, the more you drink, the less <laughs> odds of well. dementia. But I, I, I think I've read another article about this where this theory is that um, drinking alcohol changes the blood flow to the brain. Um, you have uh, more brain activity. Um, and it changes the way your uh, brain functions, which we know, you know, there's, there's definitely a linkage between alcohol consumption and brain function. So apparently that, that's actually net positive for you long term as far as dementia. I mean, I'm drinking it right now. So like, let's, let's talk about any, are there any more benefits to it? Yeah. Um, yeah, there is. So there's, um, uh, your heart disease might be reduced. This is, goes wow. back to, um, uh, I think cholesterol, cholesterol, same with wine as well. Uh, your body uh alcohol in your blood helps helps with the cholesterol levels so that's good for you this is a dumb article because the last one is meant 
And the word whiskey means water of life. Uh, this is a bit of a reach for me. I know it. I Well, it, yes. The word whiskey comes from an old Gaelic word that means water of life. But that doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> that you should drink it like water or that it gives life or... I mean, that's a pretty... Well, I mean, Jamie, hold on. Let's, let's take a step back here. The article notes that whiskey derives from, the, as you said, Gaelic term. It means mm-hmm. water of life. And it adds conclusively. I think this is a very conclusive argument. It adds, and you can't live without water. I, I feel they made a reasonably linked argument there. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm being too hard on them. Yeah, no, they, they feel like they're like, it means water of life and you can't live. Well, okay, but I will, I will take a step back on this. I will actually be a little more serious on this. So one thing, one thing when I was researching the whiskey cabin I learned is that different cultures um, used different ways of um, not dying from contaminated water, right? Because as our, civilizations, as, our, as our civilizations expanded and the population became more dense, we needed to start filtering our water and having ways of drinking uh, clean water. So back then, Brita filters didn't exist. We didn't have the water system. We didn't have like cities filtering our water for us. And so uh, there are two types of ways to filter water. One of them was to make tea. So you would just boil water, which is great. You boil water, it kills everything in it, but you know it still may not look appetizing or appealing. So then you would like include herbs or or something else in the tea to make it taste nicer. Gotcha. So you would take water, you'd boil it, and you would make tea, and this was a, a good way of having clean water. Um, Europeans, apparently, they weren't big tea drinkers. They were like, boiled water, come on. So they started fermenting stuff, and they started, started fermenting a lot of different, any sort of product they could, apples, whatever was, or, you know, whatever was near it, grapes, grains, anything that was near them. And that fermentation started about uh, 12,000 years ago. Uh, it was where the first signs of fermentation. So if you look at... Um, you know, alcohol in general is a relationship of us evolving. Uh, we have a long history with alcohol, and we depended on alcohol to to literally have clean um, uh, water that wouldn't kill us. Right. So, you know, and that's where the term you know water of life comes from, because right. essentially fermentation was relatively good, but distillation. Once you distilled alcohol, now now you had it. Now you had a superiorly clean product. Right. Right. Hence, water of life. Hence, and without water, you can't live. This is fair. This is fair. I mean, I could, I could really get behind that. I wouldn't want a life without whiskey. <laughs> You're like, what? Yeah, and, and so there's, there's really, um, you know, so these, these that, that kind of ended the, um, that, that completed that article. But a lot of it was has to do with, um, you know, weight loss that versus like drinking beer, which was high, definitely high in calories, or wine, which is high in sugar. Uh, whiskey's a healthy alternative. I have to say, I don't drink whiskey for that reason, but when I do eat very either sweet meals or very fat heavy meals, I do tend to drink whiskey because I, I feel I feel better afterwards. Um, yeah. I, I guess my other option would be not to drink at all. Um, That's not an option. Terrible option. Terrible that option. Is, that is not a good option. No, no. So that's that's not a very polite option. So we we're we're going with. Um, so there, I I could see the health benefits of this. Um, you know when um, sometimes I post stuff on when I on Instagram, somebody commented on I posted it on Instagram a dessert, and they were like, you know, whiskey goes well with dessert. Do you agree? And I absolutely agree. I usually have whiskey at the end of the meal if I am having dessert. I don't often have dessert, but when I do, um, I'll have whiskey with it. For sure. Actually, I mentioned I was at a friend's house on Saturday, and they said, "What do you want for dessert?" And I was like, "Well, I brought some whiskeys." And they're like, all right. So whiskey it. whiskey was dessert for us that night. So which is 
super great and it helps you digest your food and you know you had a little a laugh in there and and it was you know sort of was a lovely bookend to the evening so you know I it. yeah i i think yeah i think that i'm not so hung up on the health benefits of whiskey <laughs> i right. think if there were zero um, studies published about the benefits of whiskey, I would still drink it and I would still enjoy it. And I, you know, I, there's, like we said earlier, there's other ways to get your antioxidants or whatever, whatever else you're looking for in your health profile. But I'm a, I'm, I'm gonna just keep drinking it cause I like it. Yeah. I think that's, I, I think that's good enough. I think that is, and I really, you know, I, I, like I said, I do worry about these articles. I, you know, I yeah. mean, but well, I think I worry a lot about a lot of articles because they oversimplify he, something. But I, I do think yeah. the idea is, um, and I, because I do get asked this occasionally, I'm like, the only thing I can tell you is whiskey generally has less calories per uh, measurement of alcohol and um, less sugar and, or, or almost no sugar and, um, and no fat. So, if those things are important to you, whiskey might be a good choice. Right. Um, but that's about all I can really say. Yeah. And here's the thing is like, and now I'm about to go a little big picture on you. So bear with me for a moment, but I do given, uh, you know, what I sort of read on the internet and, and see on TV and things like that. I think there's, we're, we're some, for some reason we're doing this thing where we feel the need to justify everything that we love and make it into something that's good for us and maybe it isn't exactly the best for us but whatever so you know we we sort of have real like real trouble as like a society especially people I think maybe you know living in the city and there's so many of us and everybody's always talking about their new diet this and or that or how busy they are all the time and um Things like, you know, they don't sleep, but that's good because not sleeping is like a, a good thing. Like it means you're busy and you're doing all this, you know, like very important things. And I think that actually enjoying somebody like enjoying yourself or having like a day on the couch or um, eating dessert or carbs, um, people really have a hard time. Like they feel like they have to justify it. And I sort of. I see all these articles popping up like, oh, don't worry. Like, you can drink your red wine now. Like, I wasn't worried. I just <laughs> didn't drink it because I like it. <laughs> and I don't need you to tell me that it's okay. Like, I think it should be fine. If you like it, like, go for it, you know? So I think that it's there's this trend that I see online, especially, like, with, like, everybody wants to make everything into a top ten list. Yeah. Um, there's this whole idea of we have to justify all the, the indulgences that we have in order to not feel bad about them. And I don't want to feel bad about it at all, regardless. Yeah. In, in all this, we should say everything with moderation. And I have, a really great, I have a really great study about this, a really great example about why everything in moderation is an important statement to make. I think this was in the 80s or the 90s, um, somewhere around that time. Um, Ohio, um, a university or something, um, they made a study and they released a, like an article that was got picked up by everybody on the news. This is before BuzzFeed. So this is like, you know, printed news. You're like, your fingers got dirty on ink and stuff. It was terrible. Time. It was a horrible time in our world. But anyway, <laughs> back then everybody published this article, apples give you cancer. 
<laughs> and, and it was true. They, they did a study, and they did a study with lab rats, and lab rats that had apples got cancer. And, like, the odds were, like, so much higher than, than the rats that did not have apples. Right. So there were school, schools in Ohio and everywhere else that just stopped serving apples because, you know, obviously every school back then, you know, for every high school, elementary school gave students apples for lunch. Right. Because an apple a day keeps the doctor keeps away. away. 80s, 90s. That's the time. Time about long era, but a long time ago. But they, so this, so this study and this article came out, and all these like articles came out about saying how bad apples are for you, how they're going to give you cancer, and then somebody said these rats were or these mice were given like a thousand times the daily like apple recommendation right. per mouse, and so they were basically just being overfed on apples to an insane extreme. And they probably had cancer because they were being overfed. Right. There you go. Great. Yeah. Moderation. Sometimes it's, it's exactly. Yep. No, it's good food for thought. Ha ha. Um, but I definitely agree that the key is moderation for anything, and and especially for alcohol, um, because I, you know. It's just one of those sort of tricky gray areas. Like I said, nobody that doesn't drink should start drinking because they see that, you know, you have all these health benefits from drinking whiskey. I don't think that's exactly what, you know, we're saying here either. And I I don't think anybody would actually do that. But you never know. Somebody might be like, oh, wow, really? I, you know, maybe yeah. I should start drinking. Yeah, just- I, I, do, I do worry about that. I do worry about that because... A lot of these health benefits of whiskey articles are the same reasons why there's health benefits of drinking wine. Um, so you're, you're really targeting whiskey specifically. But, you know, I, I guess I like to say this example. I always hang out with very happy people that are very happy when they drink. Right. Um, we all have, have had friends that are the opposite, that get yeah. angry or, or depressed or have, a, you know. And, and, that's, and so you should know yourself first before yeah, any for of these sure. articles. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, knowing your own limits and stuff. I mean, whiskey is definitely not wine. And if someone goes, you know, into it thinking they should drink as much whiskey as they do a glass of wine, then they're in trouble already. <laughs> they will not be having a good day the next day. But no. I, th- <laughs> um, but no, I definitely think that um, oversimplification sometimes is, is a problem in the Internet era and and to remember that at the end of the day, you know, if you like whiskey, you should drink whiskey and you should be aware of your, you know, patterns and all this stuff. And, um, you know, you'll be good. But if you can't drink whiskey or you notice like, you know, what was it? A couple of podcasts ago, we were talking about <laughs> rye. Some people get really angry when they've been drinking rye. Right. Don't drink, don't drink rye. So it's yeah, it's just about knowing your own self and your own limits and and all that stuff. And hey, if there's benefits to it, like sure, I'll take them. But yeah, I don't. I'm kind of not sold on this benefits stuff. I just yeah, I think that's my official stance. I'm not completely sold on these studies. You know, um, you know what I realized um, the other day. Actually, I think it was today. Um, the only pain medication I have in the house, so you know, you got your Tylenols, your aspirins, your bear, your whatever, your leaves. The only pain medication I have in this house is the one pen, the one pain medication that helps me with hangovers. That's the <laughs> only one. I have no Tylenol, got no aspirin, either. 
Nope. Um, I, I have Aleve. Aleve is my, uh, my drug of choice. I don't get hangovers very often, but, you know, that four or five times a year when you're doing a very big whiskey tasting, um, that is my drug of choice. And that is the only pain medication I have in, in this entire house. It actually, when I think about it, too, that's the only one I have. I take Advil when I have a hangover, and that's the one I have. A giant bottle of it purchased when I, got, when I had a horrible, horrible hangover. Right, because so, Tylenol, for me, Tylenol is the worst one for hangovers. Yeah, yeah. You're not, I read something about how you're not supposed to use Tylenol in a hangover. Oh, I don't even know. better. More yeah. science. Yeah, I don't know. Again, probably some study I read online <laughs> that I shouldn't be listening to. Um, but yeah, so I, I take Advil. I had to take it yesterday. Bad, have you, have you tried a leave? Have you uh, had a leave before? Um... Wasn't it used to be only available in the States? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Which I feel like I'll... I have. I feel like one of the, like, dance moms, the ladies that I used to dance with, like, she swore by it. Yeah. I, I think um, in, in Canada we're a little Aleve biased because it used to be a prescription drug here up until very recently, like three or four years ago. Huh. So I used to actually get it in the States. I used to go to the States, get a leave, and come back. Well, not you, just for you, that. You and my, my friend, like my, my dance mom friend. You yeah. guys both Again. used to <laughs> smuggle it across the border. <laughs> Again, not medical advice. We're not doctors. And oh, yeah. Don't no listen to us about anything. About. We're, this is all pure speculation right here. <laughs> but no, but for my, my personal experience, a leave is, uh, is a good, good drug of choice for that purpose. I will tell you right now what the cure to a hangover is. And it's two breakfast sandwiches from McDonald's two hash browns, <laughs> a coffee, a pop, and a three-hour nap, and you'll be fine. <laughs> a three-hour nap after you've already slept? Is that the idea? Yeah. So I, I unfortunately, had a terrible hangover yesterday, um, and I, I went to my friend's house, and I had been out in a long time, and I just, I just was too excitable. Um, <laughs> oh, so no. I woke up feeling like absolute terrible like sweaty i was I the worst headache my stomach was just in knots and i was i was so like i felt very humble and very human in that moment oh. and just very vulnerable and so we actually ended up staying over at their house and then we drove home which was a terrible car ride obviously but we stopped at mcdonald's i got all that i needed to so we were home by i guess noon and woke up at 3 p.m okay and it helped i felt like kind of like a functioning person again um obviously i had nothing to drink yesterday because why would i do that to myself uh the hair of the dog does not work when you can't lift your head up I like that. There's a there's a litmus test of the hair of the dog. Yeah, I think if it you works cannot serve to, yourself your own. <laughs> yes, bottle of if whiskey. you cannot. Yes, if you cannot serve yourself, you cannot. It won't work on you. You'll just be sick. You gotta if if you're gonna be uh, the hair of the dog. I think you've got a little tiny window of opportunity to use it effectively because I have never found it to work. I have maybe once, like found that the hair of the dog legitimately made me feel better 95% of the time. It just made me feel worse and I couldn't finish it. Or I just was like, no, I'm not, I'm not even interested in this drink right here, which is now, just not like me. 
Was this the party you had the uh, whiskey as dessert, or was this a different yes, party? Yes, it was that party, and that's the problem why. That's why I did, yeah, whiskey as dessert just went, put me right over the edge. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always, I'm always very careful with the beer versus um, whiskey intake. I, I feel one beer is okay, but then two beers or three beers is just not good. Yeah, yeah, it was not my finest. I mean, we were we enjoyed the evening. It was so much fun. And, I mean, it's been, I think everybody's sort of coming out of hibernation in spring. And it, mm. it was a beautiful day over the weekend. And I think it was just, we just wanted to celebrate. And we just kept getting, we just kept filling those glasses up. Plus, you know, when there's so many people, sometimes you lose, and this is just something that I've noticed, is if I lose track of my glass, somebody and other people are filling it up, I lose, I lose track of how much I've had to drink. So I have to be very careful because, there, you know, I have so many lovely gentlemen in my life that just take the liberty of, you know, putting an extra splash of wine in my glass. Regard, they'll just go ahead and do it, which yeah. is lovely because, nobody, you know, it's, that's a host thing. You don't want anybody with an empty glass. But then all of a sudden you're like, man, the room is <laughs> moving a lot in here. What's going on? And then you don't realize that you, you might actually have consumed an extra glass or two that you didn't really realize because, you know, all these lovely mm-hmm. people wandering around topping up your wine glass. So yeah. that was a lesson learned very well on Saturday. I, so, I yeah. learned that lesson uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was at a, a bar very close to walking distance from my place. And they, I, the bartender just must have, she, she recognized me and my friend and I, uh, so she started just I, I think she was pouring like triples I remember I had I had four drinks Whoa. and I, I was and I when I got up I'm like wow the world's actually woozy I'm like four drinks are you kidding me after like Whoa. over the span of like three hours like this wasn't you know like you do the yeah, math yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. would be fine um, and then I and I like like uh, you know my, my significant other Nicole she's like you came home really drunk last night I'm like yeah that really wasn't intentional I have yeah. no idea what I happened know. there I know. Sometimes it just sneaks up on you. Yeah, it does. I'm just like, wow, the world is wobbly. It happens. Yeah, it does. And when you either lose track of your glass or um, if you haven't eaten enough, sometimes I find if I've mm-hmm. had, if I sort of have, if I've eaten lots of salad, just proves to me that salad is not an appropriate meal at any time of the day you should always be eating in anticipation of drinking later carbohydrates are what you want before you go out um Mm. but yeah i there's just like a couple things to keep in mind and or else you or you know if you put back a couple bookers old fashions you know that's no joke especially with whiskey you have to kind of be aware because um some of this whiskey is not just 80 percent Sorry, 80 proof. If it was 80%, yeah. oh boy. 80 proof. Some of it's a lot higher, and you can, again, lose track pretty quickly about those Booker's old fashions. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, got a, I, got a, I have a question for you, a little more serious question for you. Yeah. Um, I know it's only April, but I'm working on events for Father's Day mm. uh, for June. And I have a conflict. Mm-mm. I don't like doing the Father's Day whiskey event. Because I feel it keeps promoting that that stereotype that only men drink whiskey. I appreciate that about you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? 
See, I, I was so I had a couple of ideas because I um I mean it's kind of a it's a back and forth because on the other hand um, a Father's Day whiskey event's likely to feature a lot of you know fifty sixty seventy year old guys that you know were brought up in an era where men primarily drink whiskey. Right. So you know these and and of course you know you also have you know an audience where kids want to buy something for their fathers and an event like this is great it's it's a good event and. Um, and they want to make it for Father's Day. Um, but I feel like the people, like the core audience that I have, the, these are not like Father's Day whiskey drinkers, which, which is not me either. I, I, right. I don't want to – I have a problem with this. So I, I was thinking of doing like uh, events in June near Father's Day mm-hmm. and not have them be Father's Day events, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. But am I just being like – like, is that like a cowardly way out? I don't know. No, I mean, I guess there's a couple things that could happen. I mean, you could do a Mother's Day whiskey tasting, too, in May. I know, um, I was going to say, it's too late on that one. I, I, I thought about it, and I'm like, it's April. Uh, it's yeah, just not so definitely be next year then. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I don't, I know, I mean, dads drink whiskey, and I think that's fine. And I think, you know, um, it is a great, you know, way to have some, you know, father daughter father son bonding time um i mean i think you could probably give a shout out to mom or like i don't know maybe maybe the whole family will want to come to a father's day whiskey tasting like that's like actually that's that's a good point you're right you know right because it doesn't have to be all fathers yeah it could be it could be a family thing could be daughters it could be you know um i definitely think that um you could yeah, I mean, hey, if somebody, why, I guess if somebody wanted to bring their mom because maybe they have a single mom or maybe that's just what they want, then of course they can. Of course they can bring their mom. Like, of course, you know, maybe just sort of, uh, I like the idea of keeping it non-specific, like not necessarily a Father's Day, but close enough to Father's Day that if your father drinks whiskey, he'll like it. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't yeah. think that's being, I don't think that's finding a sneaky way out. I think that's, it's good. Yeah. Well, I, I like the idea of it being a family thing. So the dad can bring his daughter or son or, you know, yeah. daughter and son to a, to a whiskey event. I bring, um, I bring my dad to a whiskey tasting for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You gotta, you gotta tell the story. I feel like this is my, my favorite story about your dad. Uh, the story about, uh, when your dad was like, Oh, um, you know, do you want me to walk you down the aisle? And that's a great story. Oh, I know. My dad's a feminist, right? So, which is great. And, like, my mom's a feminist. Like, we're just a family feminist. Um, and so when I sort of said... So my my idea was to not really have an aisle, um, just to sort of gather everybody at the front of the room. And so I actually said to my dad... Uh, are you okay with not walking me down the aisle? Because our wedding's going to be so small. I think if we all just sort of like, you know, gather around, we can sort of do it like that. And my father like stopped and thought a minute. He's like, wait, you don't want me to take you down the aisle and give you away like chattel? And I was like, okay, so you're fine. You're fine. You're not upset about this at all. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But actually got talked into having, you know, an aisle and walking down and I went with both my parents. So it was nice regardless of whether or not what it meant. I was like, I'm not being given away because I'm not to be given away. And he was like, I know. I, yeah, (laughs) I, he was a hundred percent behind that. Um, Love it. Yeah. 
But so, anyways, we ended up doing the walk down the aisle anyways because logistically it just worked better that way. But, um, yeah. Sometimes that's... sometimes you can't get away around the physical aspects of it. It was fine. It was really sweet. It was really sweet. Yeah. And stuff and aisles. Yeah. yeah. No, I get it. Was, it. It, was, it was nice. It was nice. They, like, I surprised it, them with it last minute. My mother hated it. She was, like, mortified beyond belief because she doesn't like being the center of attention, which is the opposite to me and my father. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyways, but it ended up being great. Oh, and the whiskey that we served at our wedding was Buffalo Trace. Ah. Yeah. Hilariously enough, I've moved on to Buffalo Trace. Hey. Yep. Hey. Yep. It's like I knew. Um, so I found that ad just to wrap it up with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some more feminism over here, uh, which is that like any good whiskey podcast should. <laughs> <laughs> the ad is for Calvert whiskey which is obviously so calvert it's a 1965 ad uh and the headline is even a lady could learn to like soft whiskey it's not hard Uh. (sighs) (laughs) so i have it right here many women don't find whiskey very likable in fact they find it hard to take so you usually find them with gin or vodka or one of those lady drinks. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ma, a lady drink. Wow. I mean, whatever. As if a lady drink is a bad thing. I think a lady drink is fantastic. I think everyone should always drink lady drinks. Fabulous. I love that cartoon where they, the, it's like somebody asks for like a woman drink yes. and then they get served whiskey straight. Yes. And it's like, what? Yeah. Drink like a woman. Come on. That's right. Woman up. Woman up. I love, love that. It. I love that. Um, but anyways, so this is, we'll, we'll obviously post a link to it because it's, it's kind of long. Jesus, wow. a lot of writing in these old ads. I was going to say like this one, this one uh, whiskey article reminds me of the start of my book. Because, <laughs> 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 all right, so... <laughs> So this one that I'm looking at is, have you hardened yourself against soft whiskey without even tasting it? I think this is, they must have been marketing the women's whiskey to men now because they're like, wait, nobody's buying this whiskey. Maybe we should market it towards men. Okay. So I think like my, my book starts with something along the lines of there are two types of people in the world, people that like basically hate the first sip of whiskey and never try it again. And the people that try it again. Um, so that's kind of how okay. my book starts. Yep. Um, so this ad goes, there are two types of characters who are certain soft whiskey doesn't work. There's the guy who's sure it's nothing but a gimmick. He hasn't tried it, but he's sure. Then there's the guy who believes soft whiskey is soft. He hasn't tried it either, but he thinks it's soft. It's weak. First of all, soft whiskey isn't just something we... <laughs> I, oh I'm not going to read the rest gosh. of this ad. This is such a wordy ad. So verbose. There's like, I, I'm looking at... It's an article. Wow. This wouldn't make it to BuzzFeed. This would be too many words for freaking BuzzFeed. It would be. Come on. It would be. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Definitely wow. too many words for Gawker. So what the, what is soft whiskey? Well, I don't understand. What is it? What's it? It, it says, oh, it's a 60, 86 proof, 65% grain neutral spirit. Blended. So it, so it's, Canadian, it's like Canadian Club. It's probably like light. Like, yeah, it's probably what, club, right lighter. back to where, you know, this sinfully thin whiskey, which we don't know we'll ever see the light of day or not. A little freaked out by this. <laughs> I, 
I mean, it's way more verbose than the start of my book, but that makes sense. <laughs> Your book is it's 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 much more graceful than the ad is. It's, it's, don't worry about it. It's, <laughs> it's much more graceful. Oh my I wasn't, god! I wasn't applying gender roles. No, <laughs> no, you absolutely were not. You would never. Oh, that's unlike so funny. that bartender that tried to like give me a sweet drink, he applied oh. gender roles. We we did not tell the story on on the podcast, have we? We didn't. I uh, did. We not. I no. don't. Okay. Well, no, we we did we did on the original podcast we recorded that failed because we had problems with the recording. Right. Oh. It was an unaired podcast, which yeah. Unaired. Ooh. I know. So, the, uh, you should tell the story. I I I'll. I'll I mean, I feel like okay. So me and Mark went to this whiskey bar downtown, and um, I came in and sat down and ordered a Manhattan and the bartender sort of was like oh why don't you try you know this drink and I, I actually don't remember what it was called and I'm always up for trying something new and you know if a bar sort of will wants to suggest something to me based on the fact that I've ordered a Manhattan then I'll go for it because they kind of know what I'm looking for and if they have something that's maybe a little snazzier or like their take on a Manhattan like sign me up anyway so he gave me this drink and I did not like it. It was super sweet. Super sweet. And Manhattans are fairly sweet enough, I find, as is. Mm-hmm. I've had some Manhattans that are super sweet. Um, I preferred a little less so. But uh, this drink that he gave me was, like, crazy. And I just sort of, like, sipped on it and, you know, silently was like, what the hell, man? And then... Mark was like, oh, I'd like a, a Manhattan. Like, should I get one of these? And the bartender was like, no, no, that's it's pretty sweet. Yeah, have a Manhattan. Because I, 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 I kind of, I, I knew you didn't like your drink because you normally, we normally exchange drinks and we normally share drinks and um, talk about the drinks. Like, talk about yeah. the drink. And you were, you weren't offering that drink. You were, you were, <laughs> no. you weren't being rude. You were just like, I am not gonna give. I was you, like, I'm not I, gonna, gonna offer this. You're <laughs> gonna hate this. Just not even gonna offer. So I knew within like, you know, and within a few minutes, I'm like, oh, Jamie just hates her drink. So then when I ordered the drink, I'm like, I feel like a Manhattan, which is what Jamie ordered originally. Mm-hmm. Um. But I don't know. Do you have a different spin on a Manhattan? And he, and he just kind of stared at me. He's like, "No, have a Manhattan. That's that's what you should have. You should." I'm like, "Well, what about?" Uh, and, and no, that might be too sweet for you. Just just have a Manhattan. I was not impressed. I must say, the next time I go there, I'm gonna be like, "Booker's neat." <laughs> no, absolutely. This is. I mean, this is like the Delta. I mean, we should. I, I don't care. I, I'll leave the name. For us, but I don't care anymore. Uh-oh. It's a friggin' Delta Hotel, Char Number Five Whiskey Bar. It's called the Whiskey Bar. Yeah. It's in downtown Toronto, like the center center of Toronto. Um, well, I guess it will be the center of Toronto once the construction stops. There's a lot of construction around there. Yeah. Yeah, but regardless, um, I mean, come on. I know like, it was really it's bad. ridiculous. It was really bad, and it sort of it was one of the first times that I'd ever sort of been very like aware of ordering a drink like the places that I've always gone to like I try to know the bartender like I try to get to know the bartender and you know have a chat or whatever and if he had if he had chatted with me for even two more minutes and found out that I'm also a whiskey lover and you know whatever it's not like there was anybody else at the bar I don't know just for my own 
especially a whiskey bar because I think that so much of calling yourself a whiskey bar is that the communication piece so the piece where you can talk about the whiskeys that you're um that you've got uh, you talk about your well whiskey uh, you know this is why we chose this to be our you know mm -hmm. rail whiskey this is you know this is what we do this is you know and he didn't really bother i he chatted with you a little bit but he didn't really bother to ask me what kind of drinks i like or if i was a whiskey drinker or anything and just sort of assumed based on the fact that i was a woman wanted a sweet drink instead of the drink that I actually asked for. So it, it, it was sort of a, a bit of a, I was a little off put by that. I haven't been back, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hotel bars are usually not the best bars to go to, but that's um, that, that's an unfortunate. That, yeah, it was a kind of a bummer. And, and I think you're right. I, I think we, you, you know, we generally go to very good high-end bars that are have a broad clientele. Um, but my guess is, you know, the bars that you pick, Jamie, are, are good bars to go to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of like 90% of the bars, you'd probably get very similar answers. Yeah. Yeah. But then 90% of the bars have really bad Manhattan's, so I guess it doesn't really matter. I know. What's happening? What's going on? Well, you, here's the thing. If you like a Manhattan a specific way, then you kind of have to, like, make it yourself sometimes. I feel like it's one of those drinks where there it's really hard to do a great Manhattan. Well, what's your what's your go to uh, whiskey for Manhattan right now? Rye, bourbon. Yeah, I do. Um, I I went through a Rittenhouse phase. Rittenhouse is for, a fantastic rye. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I continue to like uh, Canadian Club 100% rye, but if I have that, I have um, a drier side on the vermouth. Yeah. I always mix vermouths, right? So I always do dry and, and sweet vermouth. Mm. Um, and that's kind of my play. And then and then Knob Creek, I. Knob Creek's great. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned this like a few weeks ago, um, but Knob Creek really does because it's got a lot of alcohol. It's not too – it doesn't overpower the, the vermouth too much, but it does enough so you can make it a sweeter vermouth but heavier on the alcohol. It makes a very uh, very good good boozy drink. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Sometimes I say spirit forward. Yes, spirit <laughs> forward. Uh, how about yourself? What's what's your Manhattan of choice? Uh, wow. You know what? I uh, drink a lot of old fashions at home. That's right. What's yeah. your old fashioned of choice? You're, yeah. Uh, right now, well, I mean, depending on how bad a day it was, we do enjoy Booker's. I'm just opening my office door here to take a peek. I think right now uh, we got some Eagle Rare, which is lovely in an old fashioned. Mm -hmm. um, Booker's for a bad day. And uh, those are sort of, oh, uh, Wild Turkey, actually, 81. Yeah. Yeah, Wild Turkey, I find, is a really lovely, Any if anybody sort of has it as their rail, I know that they're doing well. Like, if they go to a bar and Wild Turkey is the one they reach for when I ask for an old-fashioned, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with that. I find it stands up really well in a cocktail. Yeah, I, I usually when do like restaurant uh, uh, when consult the menu. Wild turkey is usually my choice, depending yeah. on what they want to do, right? Yep. Like, depending on how they yeah. want to go. Yeah, uh, uh, Knob Creek is a great too. For that. Uh, just like you were saying, Knob Creek is really good for a, an old fashioned. I find. I think my uh, my really kind of expensive one was the Glenfiddich Fifteen. Uh, made a really good. It's no longer called a Manhattan, but uh, really good uh, Scotch and vermouth mixture, and it just worked beautifully. It's a little too expensive for me to do every day. Yeah. Um, what? I mean, what is that cocktail? Is it called a Rob Roy? Yeah, Rob Roy. Yeah. Oh man, I've I uh, I 
don't know if I'm a fan, to be honest. Yeah, we, you got to play with I yeah, I, we need to do our tastings with Rob Roy's. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> it's, it's a tougher drink, right? Because yeah. the scotch does not have that much character to overpower the vermouth. So now you got to really be careful with how much vermouth you add. Okay, this is good. Because the first one I had, uh, this, is, this was a fun night. Uh, Trent and I did, uh, we watched like two movies. And we uh-huh. each had to make a cocktail based on the movie that we were watching. And it was like a rainy day and we were kind of bored. And so we were like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, let's, um, so let's like just have a movie day. And then for each movie, we have to sort of make or find a cocktail um, to serve with that movie. So we watched Braveheart (laughs) because such a good rainy day movie. Um, And he made a Rob Roy and I took a sip and was like, no, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> oh no no thank you you denied trying to rob yeah i was like no thank you and then he like tried it and he was like yeah no sorry i just it was one of those it's a classic you know you should at least try it maybe you know what if i go to a place that is uh, that has a great bartender and they're they sort of asked me if i i would try it again yeah i would try it again definitely I, did not work that day i i think there's there's two things you need the um the really intense vermouth, mm. um, the the blanc. Um, hold on, where is it called? So, so you need the Carpano Antica Formula Red Vermouth. And well, I need to know when that's back in the LCBO. You're all about it, and and I need to be all about it too. I I think I'm just going to create a Twitter account that's just for that, and be like, nope, not here. Nope, not here. Yes, buy me. Okay, excellent. Nope, I'll follow here. that account because it disappears within days. Um, and so the the Carpano Antico Formula Red Vermouth it's great because it's um, it's it just it pairs really well with Scotch um, as a vermouth and then um, I typically do like four parts Scotch one part vermouth okay right yep. yeah just because yep. bourbon's already got so much character you yeah. just want to yeah. lighten it up a little bit good um, on the vermouth but yeah it, it can be very good excellent well I'll I'll we'll figure this out one day we'll 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 do another tasting. And we should do a Manhattan and old-fashioned tasting. Because I feel like you do old-fashions and I do Manhattans. Yes. And I feel like I don't appreciate old-fashions enough because I don't have them as often. Right. I mean, you actually like Manhattans. So I, I feel like this is just my, my, my downfall. I, don't, I do not have a lot of old-fashions that I like. I will make you an old-fashioned and you'll like it. And you'll have a Booker's old-fashioned and you'll love it. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jamie. Thanks, Mark.